Turn with me over to Genesis chapter 1. I figure if we're going to start a new year and we're going to start a new decade, we ought to start back in the beginning of the book and begin to unwrap a few more things of what God has intended for us to have always known as children of His. And so as we are unwrapping this and as we step into January, certainly as that uh, video told us, that we're going to be spending time talking about this concept of vision and understanding for each one of our own lives how vision impacts not only our todays, but impacts all of our futures and impacts our future generations. And so this is a... Uh, I can't tell you how important this concept is to me. I've been waiting for 2020 to get here, and the Lord has been speaking to me about <clears throat> uh, talking to me about spending the year dealing with this concept of vision. It was, and it was not until I stood in this very place, Pastor Alex and Pastor Tina and I were here, and we were filming a video I think that you might have seen with the three of us to wishing you a, a Merry Christmas. And all of a sudden, I realized that not only is this year 2020, but 2020 has a couple of different meanings. It talks about our Gregorian calendar and what year we are in right now. But it also talks about, as you may have known long before I did, or I realized, that it's also an ophthalmological uh, prescription. It also tells us that we have clear vision. It's a reference that they make to your the quality of your eyes and your ability to see and so it was like only a week ago that the lord put those pieces together it kind of like one of those atom bombs that just blow up right in front of you as you realize uh, what the lord has been speaking to you about now for six months and so we're going to spend a fair amount of time on that concept this year i believe that this year is the year where we all individually and corporately see clearly uh, and we'll discover why that is such an important thing. I was looking for a, real catch, a really catchy way of saying that. We'll leave that to Pastor Alex if he can come up with an iteration for that. But I don't want, uh, I don't want us to, you know, as we, uh, you know, I, I mentioned, I wrote a quick letter to some of our leaders here while I was away <clears throat> just to kind of get them set for, for 2020. And, you know, uh, I, I can almost hear how... Uh, how commonly this concept of your ophthalmologist's uh, prescription or whatever, their diagnosis of your eyes, fits into what is going to be spoken over uh, prophetically for uh, our year. And I have the sense that oftentimes we can kind of treat that like it's a bit of a joke. You know, ha-ha, isn't that interesting how it's, you know, God didn't create the Gregorian calendar directly, you know, so... But I can tell you something uh, from what the Lord has been doing with my heart while uh, we've been preparing over the last six months to get here. Uh, it is very clear to me that the Lord is taking full advantage of the fact that we are in a 2020 year and that he wants to begin to talk to us about the power of vision and how intensely important having a vision is to each one of our lives. <clears throat> and so we're going to spend some time with that as... If you did uh, bring your Bibles to church today, which I hope you do, at least in one form or another, and you're over in Genesis chapter 1, I want to begin to talk about the power of vision from the original context. And so we, we recognize here in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth. As I spoke to you before about this, that God created the visible and the invisible. He created uh, everything that is in creation at this time, and he did it in an instant, in the very beginning, 
Uh, but then verse 2 tells us that the earth was without form and void, and that darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And now, what's important here is in the definition of what our world is actually made of. And I've spent some time with this from just a little bit of understanding of the fact that our... Could you turn the middle part of my mic down, the middle EQ of my mic down a little bit so it's not ringing in my ears? When, you're, when we understand the world that we live in, even though that chair feels solid to you, it's not actually solid, neither are you. You are mostly made up of nothing, I'm sorry to say. Um, but when the world was originally created, it was in that form. When it talks about without form and void here, it's referring to uh, words tohu and bohu. Both of those words refer to a kind of like an, uh, uh, an emptiness or a, uh, uh, let me look at the words, um, empty or unreal <clears throat> is the word tohu, and bohu is the word void or indistinguishable. And so when we are taking a look at the way the world actually works, before God created anything, before there was any dirt, before there was anything that could be seen, everything existed in an unseen way. It was without form and void. And then it says that the spirit of the Lord was brooding or hovering or fluttering over the deep. And that the word deep there can perhaps give us a bad meaning. He, it must have been him looking over the deepest, darkest place of the ocean was how I always thought it was. Uh, but a more clear understanding of that word, since we already know in that verse that everything was without form and void. There wasn't any water. There wasn't anything to be deep yet. It was just the concept of deep. As a matter of fact, that word, it's, uh, you know, I've kind of, you know, I find God very funny sometimes. Uh, that word is a compound word and it refers to, and it's very metaphorical. So let me make it clear before I tell you what that word means, because you're going to think I'm being significantly rude at this moment. That word is, uh, is a metaphoric word simply because there was nothing else that existed at that time except metaphors. And so that word is a compound word that means the water of your feet. And you're thinking, now, what in the world does that mean? So the, the spirit of the Lord here was hovering over the water of your feet. And that's why the people who translated the Bible are kind of going, what? Let's call it deep or something. Now, the metaphor, I have to give you a little bit of an explanation. We live in a first world nation, and so we don't really often know what the water of our feet are. But if I can paint a picture for you of back in the olden days when a man needed to go and he's drink too, he has drank too much water, and now he has to go into the bush for something. And then when he went into the bush for something, he would come out, sorry to say, uh, with water on his feet. And as crazy as that sounds, that's what that word is talking about. But the metaphor of that, how we would do that, how that word would be used kind of in a slang way or a metaphoric way, was that it is in the, in the, in the transitional season. And so you know that that water that is now on his feet used to not be on his feet. It used to be inside his body. 
and then it transitioned to the outside of his body, at which time it, uh, <clears throat> anyways. So what that's talking about is that the Holy Spirit was hovering, fluttering. Uh, that word is rachif uh, uh, or something like that in the original language. And what that word rachif means is that he was doing nothing. He wasn't anticipating anything. He wasn't getting ready for anything. He was just relaxing. It's kind of a word that means to grow soft. Kind of like what you would do when you don't go to the gym. Instead, you sit on the couch and watch Netflix. You are going soft at that point. You're not, you have absolutely nothing in your physical body that is charging you up to do anything. And that's what's super important as we, as we get on with the teaching is you realize that what could have potentially been trillions of years that, the, that creation or that we are sitting here in verse two after God created the heavens and the earth, but everything was without form and void. It could have sat there for eons. We don't know. Because any, as soon as the scientists start measuring whether it's a billion years old or 10 billion or 6,000 or whatever your theology is in that area, that's only because stuff started to happen in a minute that we can actually start measuring. Up until this point, there isn't anything to start measuring. God just created everything in an invisible way and then let it sit there. And so what this means is, potentially, I mean, it could have happened in 20 minutes as well, it could, or it could be trillions of years, we don't know. But for all that season, the Holy Spirit was sitting there, uh, uh, relaxing, hovering, fluttering. Everybody do that with me, fluttering. And just waiting. Getting soft, as it were. Not that the Holy Spirit, I mean, he's got abs like you wouldn't believe, but... He was just getting soft. You know, we would use the word, he was chilling out. He was just like, what you're going to do about 2.30 this afternoon, if I come over to your house, what are you going to be doing? You're going to be chilling out. That's what the Holy Spirit was doing. A lot of times we have the idea that the Holy Spirit is super busy, super busy, super busy doing something. I don't know what it is, but he's got trillions of years to do it, so it doesn't matter. No, no, the Holy Spirit wasn't doing anything. He was just watching over the doorway of transition, which wasn't being used at this point. Tohu vabohu, the bladder is full, but we're not going anywhere. He's just watching over it, ready for when transition begins to start. And if you take a look there in verse three, it says, and God said. And so we realize at this point, I think we all know that what happens at this point is that the Holy Spirit gets into motion. And all of a sudden, what could have been sitting idle, tohu vabohu for trillions of years, all of a sudden goes into a seven-day motion in order to turn everything from invisible into visible. What has been sitting forever as it were, now gets into movement simply because God said. But if I was writing the Bible, which I didn't, I would have put a, a little bit more understanding of what went on 
between verse 2 and verse 3. Because God was created just like you and I, as it were. What I mean is, we are just like him. And so when I get ready to say something, there is something I'm supposed to do before I say it. You know, I saw this meme one time that, that there's kind of three parts in your brain. If you're a, a neuro person, you can tell me what they are. But evidently, there's one part of your brain that you think about what you should say. Then there's a, a, another part of your brain where you actually say it. And then there's the third part of your brain that decides whether what you think should actually be said. And the meme was, you know, I should get one of those. But can I tell you something? God doesn't say anything until he first decides what he's going to say. You know, it's kind of remarkable in the organizational quality of the book of Genesis, particularly chapter 1, that God doesn't create fish until he's created water for them to swim in. Isn't that an interesting idea? That you should do it like that. Otherwise, you could have these fish just sort of floating around for a whole day until God gets around to making water. Hey, why don't we just do it in the other direction? That would make sense, right? It's kind of like what Melanie was doing earlier when she, I was watching this picture come to, come to fruition because I knew I was going to use it. And how many of you know this would be a really super hard picture to paint if you didn't know where you were going from the beginning? Isn't that true? Like you don't start with the, I think if I remember correctly, the black goes on last. So you start with the lightest colors and you move out to the darkest colors. You can't really do it in the other direction or it won't work right. You know, that wasn't an accident. Melanie knows that. She knows how to get from one side of that picture, which is just in her mind, to the other side of that picture, which is now on a canvas for all of us to enjoy. But how many of you would say, I know what Melanie was thinking before service today? How many of you would say that? Before she turned over and actually grabbed a canvas and put something on this, uh, grabbed a uh, paintbrush and put something on this canvas, how many of you would be surprised to find out that she had something in her mind? There was something going on before she did it. Can I tell you something? Every one of you do that before you decide what to say or do. You think about it first in your mind. Right. You come up with an idea, no matter how simple it is. Right. When you chose what socks you have on today, you didn't just put socks on. <laughs> right. You thought about putting socks on before you put the socks on. And the problem is, that is so intuitive, oh, obviously. Well, Pastor Ian, we woke up this morning and we tithed just to hear that, no. The problem that we get into is that we, that is such an intuitive concept that you think about something before you'd say it or do it, that oftentimes we can lose the magnificence of what Genesis chapter one is teaching us, not only about God, but about creation, about the way this natural world actually works. Even God, when he interacted with this natural realm in the very beginning, he did it a very specific way. Now, most of us, we could come into this journey and not realize the power of having that simple thing called vision 
as a prerequisite to doing anything. Particularly, when I think we all have, you know, vision to put our socks on, I hope, and, you know, vision to do those things, because we have done them so repetitively over and over and over, it kind of doesn't even become a conscious thought. But can I tell you something? When God is trying to move you into a different place, he's trying to increase you, trying to promote you. He's trying to build your life to be a bigger thing than it is right now. Can I tell you something? He must get you to see it first in your mind. And so we look at it with God here because he's about to go and very systematically outline how creation is going to work. Starts with, you know, releasing light and then starts with the foundational pieces like Melanie did with that picture. And then slowly but surely works up until creation is all finished on the surface. All the animals are here, all the plants are here, all the water is here, the sun and the moon, the stars, all of that is in motion. And then once all of that happens, then his most grand, the grandest part of his creation, you were brought onto the scene. You know, in order to do it systematically and chronologically and just logically in part, as part of creation, we can see God has got a plan. It's not haphazard. It's not just willy-nilly. It's not just God kind of, you know, saying whatever pops into his mind. It's God actually building a very specific plan of the way things are supposed to look like when they're done. When we take a look at what creation looks like now, every part of it, how all the intricate, minuscule places of the quantum world, if that's how deep it goes, all the way to the infinite expanses of the universe and how the physics and the chemistry and the biology of all that stuff works was all in the mind of God right before and God said. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, interestingly, chose that very moment to get into motion, to begin the process of bringing through the water of the feet, that, that, that transitional doorway, bringing all of that that used to be tohu vabohu, used to be without form and void, all of a sudden begins to take on form. It becomes something something visible, something that is, that is got that's got some weight, some matter to it. All of a sudden, all of that starts springing up. It must have been in the most amazing seven days to watch all of this come into focus, almost like it was beamed there from the Starship Enterprise. Simply besaid, it's because, and God said. So as we look at 2020, as we look at this year where God is obviously calling our attention to this concept of vision, as we look at what God is doing, slow all of that little, that little white space between verse 2 and verse 3. It's got so much information. It's super tiny. You can hardly see it. What God is doing is he's taking all of this data and he's allowing it to form in his mind. 
You know, so often we can take things like ideas. Oh, I got an idea. Yeah, everybody's got an idea. You aren't anything special because you have an idea. You don't have any more likelihood of succeeding because you have an idea. Everybody has 10 of those every day. But most people think an idea, a desire, a wish. I sure would like it if it was like that. Everybody has those kind of things go on in their mind. The problem is most of those things do not survive what I call the fire of formation. When those ideas are getting formed in your mind, when those ideas are becoming real, you're possessing them in your mind. You know, everybody wants a Ferrari until you get to the part where you have to figure out how to pay for it. You'd be shocked at how many people don't want one now. You see, what happened to that idea, that desire, that wish, was that it burned in the fire of formation. What God was doing as he was spending time between verse 2 and verse 3 was he was deciding on how all the intricate little things actually worked and worked for all of eternity in the design of what he was about to make. He was working it out in his mind. He was finding out how the chemistry works, how the physics works, how the biologies work. He was putting all of the different pieces together and it all made sense in his mind. What we're doing when we have ideas, when God speaks to you or plants something in you, or even just that you have a desire that you would like to come to pass in your lifetime, we have to understand how to turn that idea, that concept, from a simple wish, a fleeting thought, into something called a vision. Because you're going to begin to discover, at least if we can do our job right this year, that that formation of that idea in your mind is going to change everything. And so as we prepare, I was going to read you some notes here, but I'm I'm not going to do that today. I'll do that next time. So as we begin to talk, I'm just going to change my glasses here for a moment, if I could. As we get ready for our 2020 year, our year of clear vision, not clear ideas, not clear desires, clear vision. Can I tell you something? Today's message is called Remember the Future. When you are dealing with how does a vision feel? How do you know that the concept that is going on in your mind right now, is it a wish? Is it an idea? Is it a fleeting thought? What happens with it is as it becomes more and more real in your mind, it becomes more like a memory feels when you remember something on the inside. I know my wife and I, 
I should have pinned this on perhaps. Now I can't see quite as clearly. If you can all just get the ushers, can pan these out, and just so that I don't look like the only stupid one in the room. <laughs> we have a little present for you as we, uh, as we step into this year. And if you could, when you receive your glasses, if you could just simply put them on, you're going to notice that the world around you changes dramatically when you put those glasses on. The people that you used to see one way, uh, you're about to see in a very, very different way. Not only because they look silly, but because you look silly too. As we step in now, and we begin to see clearly, I'm not just talking about an idea. I'm not just talking about a desire or a wish. I'm talking about stepping into an actual vision. You know, my family, we were away uh, down in Florida for, for 10 days. We had a conference to go to and then a bunch of things to get ready for 2020 and all of those different you know, projects that we have. And when we were down there, we rented a vehicle. And uh, I'm gonna talk you through what it means to get inside of this vehicle and you know, basically drive it down the street. And I want you to uh, let's do it like this. Let's do it the other way around. Let me, uh, let me get you to close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to go back into just walking out of your house or apartment this morning. And as you walked out of your house or apartment, you, however you do that, you went through the front or the back door and you shut the door and locked it, I hope. And then you went over to your car or you stepped into your, opened the door of your car and you sat into the seat of your car. And then you turned it on, however that works. There's myriads of different ways that happens nowadays. Soon you'll be able to think it on. And then you grabbed hold of the steering wheel, I hope. Again, you put your seatbelt on, again, I hope. And then you shifted it into drive or reverse with your foot on the brake as you need to these days. And then you released your hand off, you released your foot off the, <laughs> please, <laughs> that's gonna be private property, okay? I do not give consent to that going anywhere. The, when you are dealing with uh, yeah, the driving that vehicle, then you take your foot off the brake and off the vehicle went. How many of you have had that pretty clear experience of what happened this morning when you did that? Okay, I want you to contrast that to, I'm about to describe to you what it was like for me to get into this vehicle. And it, was a, it was not what I normally drive, and so it was a different style of vehicle. So I get into that vehicle, I grab onto the handle of that door, and I pull open that door, and then I jump up. It was a, it was a, a truck kind of thing, and so we had, up I go into the seat. The seat was very comfortable, by the way, and then as I, did, as I get in, I reach behind me and I pull the seatbelt across me and click it into place, and then I put my hand on the steering wheel, put my foot on the brake, and then I shifted that thing into uh, drive because I reverse in, and so I put it into drive and away I go. Now, how many of you can feel that that felt different when I was describing how to do that in the vehicle that you don't know what kind of vehicle I was driving? You might have thought that I... Uh, you know, slid down into it because it would be a two-seater sports car. Instead, it's up. Maybe you've thought I shifted a lever. It's not. It's one of those turny little things that they have nowadays, so it turns into gear. I can, you know, I shifted it from reverse into park one time while I was moving, and I can still hear in my mind what that sounds like. <laughs> Thankfully, it was a, uh, a rental. Uh, and so I can go through all of those very differently than you can, because it's not a memory for you. It's just a story that I'm telling. And if you asked your next door neighbor, what did the shifter look like in that car before I told you, 
we would have had a myriad of different things that they would have described to you. Probably described something very similar to the car that they drive right now. The important part about that is when we are imagining our future, when we are building a vision of the world as we would like it to soon be, it can't just feel like fake. It actually has to feel like you already remember that it has happened. In order to do that, you have to be able to assemble a lot of the bits and pieces. It has to feel a certain way. And that takes a fair amount of time to begin to process in your mind how all of that works. So when you build a vision for this year, let's say that you are going to, uh, you know, let's say you're going to go vegan or something like that. Uh, let's say that you're a heavy-duty carnivore at this point. And so you want to turn over a new leaf and go vegan. I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you do that by any means. But let's say that that's what you were going to do. How many of you know there is a fair amount of moving parts to you going vegan, particularly if you're married and your spouse isn't interested in going that way? How about if you have kids who are carnivores? <laughs> How many of you know there's a lot of moving parts here? There's food and there's things, and there's cooking it, there's how, is it gonna, how are you going to store it, and where's the, how much fridge space are you going to get? You're going to get all of these type of things that have to be worked out if you are going to do a simple thing like become a vegan. Is that true? You can't just jump in and say, I'm going to be, if you do it like that, I can tell you something, you have already quit. Because there's too much bother. There's too many moving parts. And so what becomes ridiculously important is that if you're looking to go up this year, which is, I can absolutely guarantee for every single one of you, God has got a promotion waiting for you this year. That is absolutely certain. Can I tell you something? God does never wastes time. And I'm not telling you that you're going to get a promotion in every single area of your life that you desire to get a promotion. That's going to be up to you and God. But I can promise you there's one waiting for you. And in order for there to be a, uh, a, a possession of that promotion, it must make sense first in your mind. It must have crossed over this place where it becomes real. If we can imagine, do I have my markers? It's kind of like if you could imagine like a teeter-totter where the things in your mind right now are mostly fake. You know, I'm going to increase my income or I'm going to start a business or I'm going to, you know, buy a cottage or I'm going to get a new car or whatever that vision would be that you would like. You know, go and go to Africa for six months or do however that is forming in your mind right now. Most of those ideas just feel fake. And it's kind of like you're on a, a teeter-totter with most of that weight is on the fake side. It's not really over here on the real side. At least it doesn't feel real on the inside. The reason it has gone or it has remained in the impossible category. I mean, having a coffee for breakfast for most of you wasn't a very difficult project for you. We've done it for so long, now it's simple. Even in a pre-caffeinated state, most people can still do it. That's because everything on that area has gone over to the real side. 
the dream that God has for you, the thing that you are pursuing that you really want to happen this year, most of those concepts, if you think about them in your mind, are on the fake side. How are you going to do it? How are you going to pay for it? When are you going to do it? Who's going to help you? I don't know. I guess I'm just believing God. No, don't do that. We learned that from back in Genesis chapter 1. Until you get a plan in your mind in such a way that it starts coming out of your mouth. I hate to tell you this. The Holy Spirit is doing rachef. Nothing. If you don't grab a vision for 2020, the best the Holy Spirit can do is give you another 2019. Say la there. We need music behind me at that point. <laughs> and so what has to happen in order, are we done with these? In order for, in order for us to get to the place where the weighty side of the equation is the other way. What we have to do is we have to get these concepts, all trillion of them, from the fake side over to the real side. The more we start to do that, the more the, the fulcrum is going to change and the more the weight goes on to the real side. Can I tell you what starts to happen when you start moving things from fake over to real? Is that that's when the Holy Spirit starts to move. When stuff starts to go from this side to this side that you really think it's going to happen. You really start to imagine, wow, I can do that. It may only be a very small part of what the vision actually is. But as we get that from this side, the, the sort of like the fluttery butterfly kind of twinkly kind of thoughts to something that feels like it's already happened, like it's a memory. What you are doing is you are remembering the future. You're starting to get a vision. It is going from considering the limitations, from staggering at the promises, to fully persuaded. It feels like a memory, not like a fleeting thought. Well, how do you do that? How do we go about getting these things that are persistently feeling fake Blessed and highly favored, brother. I live in abundance, fearlessly. When we start to imagine our visions, the things God is talking to us about, and chances are he's talking about pretty big things in most of your lives. Things that right now would seem like they are impossible, that you cannot possibly do them. Because you don't have enough money, you don't have enough friends, you're certainly not smart enough, and you don't know what to do. Everybody's like that. From the top of the pile to the bottom of the pile, everybody's like that. And so as we begin to allow God to even speak to us at the beginning of the year, we, when he starts to talk about the things he's asking us to do in 2020, we can often get to a place where we're saying, you know what, I need to back the heck up here. All of a sudden, we feel a lot of resistance. Think about it in your own life. Think about this. Uh, you know, 
Pastor Alex says, be nice. At least be nice the first week of the year. You know, come on, be nice. Be nice, be nice. How many have the 2020 vision written down? Don't put your hand up. Actually, put your, uh, don't put your hand up. Most of you don't. There we are. So when, listen, I, it's okay. It's okay. You know what the problem with writing it down? Writing it down is like telling your wife you're going to do it. You got to own that sucker once you told her. She's going to remind you. I thought we were cutting back on sugar this year. <laughs> That's what writing it down feels. It's like a big commitment. How you don't have to show it to anybody, just putting it on a piece of paper. Just taking the 10 minutes to write it down. Can I tell you something? What starts to happen, this is, uh, I tell people all the time, I, I, we have this uh, <coughs> inner healing process here called therapy. you know, it's, that's a very powerful tool. But I tell people, you know, it's, you know, it's normal for people to kind of come in and they're, you know, they've maybe got some real serious confrontational issues that they need to deal with and they, they engage in that process and then they, you know, good, I'm, I'm kind of I'm good now. I, I, don't, I don't need that anymore. I'm thinking to myself, you are nuts. Can I tell you, I do more ramas than everybody here. People think, wow, you must have a lot of sin. No. I use ramas for my future. When I am imagining something that I'm trying to get from the fake side to the real side, but it stays persistently fake. The reason that it does that is because you have a belief system that is creating a barrier for you. You know, as you begin to think about your vision for this year, let me ask you, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to fail anyway, so why start? You know, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to run out of money. You know, I'm not smart enough and nobody wants to help me. You know, this is impossible. It's going to expose who I really am and then nobody will like me. I don't have enough time. I can't do it perfectly, so why do it at all? <laughs> I, when I get it all figured out, then I'll start. How many of you, anybody have any of those? You see, those are all, and, and there's a, a, a plethora of them. There's, there's, there's so many that we deal with in our mind. But you know what? If God says you can do it, and those thoughts say you can't? Does anybody know what those thoughts are based on? Those are based on lies. Those are deceptions. Those are strongholds that are preventing you from getting important details of your plan from the fake side over to the real side. If they don't get from the fake side to the real side, they don't ever start the process of going from tohu vabohu into visible, manifested, touchable, usable. And if they don't ever begin that process, the only way you're going to get to do it is if you do it all by yourself. Can I tell you something about doing the impossible? I don't recommend it to do it by yourself. By the very nature of something being impossible, which is how your dream, how your vision feels to you. <clears throat> it feels like it's just Disneyland. It's just fake. It's just what we talk about to feel better. But I don't actually think it's going to come to pass. 
I don't have to actually think I'm smart enough or rich enough or, or I know enough or any of those details. It just stays in this little tohu vabohu world without form and void. And the Holy Spirit is doing what? He's just fluttering around, chilling out, watching Netflix, waiting for you to make a decision. That's the moment right before, and God said. God made a decision. He said, this is how the picture is going to end up. This is where it's going. And when he did that, all of a sudden, he started speaking. But he didn't speak like it was all just, oh, it'll just be so much fun, and oh, it'll be so nice to have a Ferrari, and oh, I'm going to have so much money, I'm blessed and highly favored. He wasn't talking like that. It was weighty. Because the things that he was saying were on this side. And they had so weighted down that he had eliminated all of the other ideas. He's not looking for a blue or maybe a black or maybe a yellow Ferrari. He knows exactly what color Ferrari, what it looks like, what it smells like, how it corners, how it drives, how he's going to pay for it, who's going to be sitting in the seat beside him. He knows all of that stuff. He's decided specifically this is how it's going to be when I'm done. And when he had decided that, and everything felt so real on the inside. God said, and everything changed. Can I tell you something? The power that you require in order to get what God has for you in 2020 accomplished in your life. It could be that all God wants to do is change your prescription so that you can see clearly. Maybe all he wants for you for this year is to buy into the fact that this world runs by vision. For a tree to turn into a chair, somebody had to think about doing that first in their mind. Everything exists around you. God gave us all the raw materials. What we did with those required somebody just like you to get a vision in their mind and bring that thing to pass, to really believe so deeply in what they are thinking about that they set about the journey of bringing that thing to pass. They set about the journey of unlocking through that fire of formation in their minds all of the bits and pieces. How am I going to do it? How's it going to get done? Where is it going to go? Who's going to help me? How am I going to pay for it? Where am I going to get the understanding from? Every one of those is a hurdle that we have to get over. And just because the hurdle is there, it means that we need the truth in order to overcome it. If the hurdle is based on a lie, truth is the antidote. Can I tell you something? God is so fair about how he does things. Every one of you in this room, every single human being who has ever lived has had one ability. They've not all been smart. They've not all been strong. They've not all been cute. 
They've not all been good at science or good at math or good at literature or good at bass guitars. They haven't all been good at anything, but can I tell you something? They can all be good at getting a vision, a real concrete idea in their mind for which they are willing to give it all in order to accomplish. Wishes and dreams and desires, they're not like that. Wishes and dreams and desires, they fall down at the first hurdle and you forget about them. But when something begins to be formed on the inside of you, it begins to be real. It begins to take on substance first in your mind. All of a sudden, that thing now has the power, whether you're smart enough or rich enough or pretty enough or strong enough or whatever enough, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you change what presently feels fake. <clears throat> Deal with it, ask God about it. If it's too strong, get help with it. Yeah. To unlock, why do I even think that that deception can hold me down? Why do I even think that I'm gonna run out of time, that I'm gonna run out of money, that I don't understand enough, that I'm not strong enough? that I don't have anybody to help me. Why do we even think those things in the beginning? You've been lied to. All we need to do is get rid of those lies, systematically turning things from fake into real. That's what it feels like when you remember the future. Your dream becomes fully persuaded. And when it becomes fully persuaded, you better step aside. The Holy Spirit is going to manifest that sucker right in front of your eyes. He's certainly going to let you do your part. But don't be too concerned about the other stuff. That's what he wants to do. Put your hand over your heart. Say, Jesus, I am so ready for 2020. I'm so ready for this year, and I'm so ready to see clearly in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for joining us today. We pray that your life was impacted by this service and you are able to feel the tangible love of Jesus fill whatever space you're listening from. Maybe you found this message and you've never had the opportunity to come into a personal relationship with Jesus or you've known about him, but been far from him. We wanna give you the opportunity to make his love a daily reality in your life. Jesus came to this earth and died on the cross so that you could be close to him. He wanted to wipe away every disappointment and bring you into a life of purpose and meaning, one that will impact this globe for good. If you'd like to begin this journey with Jesus today, then just repeat this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I'm praying this prayer because I know that I've made mistakes and been living without you. I apologize and I trust that you will forgive me. I accept your love and grace and ask that you would be my savior and my Lord. Help me believe in you and love you every day and help me to show the world what you're like and how great your love is. I commit to live for you from this moment forward, in Jesus' name.
Amen. All of our Light City family are joining with heaven and celebrating over the commitment you have just made to make Jesus the Lord of your life. We have resources available for you to help you on this journey. And most of all, we're praying for you. Send us a note at info at golightcity.com to let us know about the decision you've made today. We have resources we would love to send you with some easy steps on where to go from here so that you can discover God in a real and meaningful way. If you have a prayer request, our team would love to connect with you and partner with you to see God transform your life. God bless you, and we look forward to hearing from you real soon.